We are fired up to go back to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a good friend of the program. Been about a month or so since we got the opportunity to catch up with Jerry Brewer from the Washington Post. Kind enough to join us here on the program. Jerry, we hope everything's going well for you and yours. How are you on this Wednesday? Uh, I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We appreciate you taking some time to chat with us. Uh, Your latest for the Washington Post, the Warriors knew who they were before, with, and after Kevin Durant. And here we are one day shy of the 2022 NBA Finals getting started between Golden State and Boston. Uh, What excites you about this matchup, Jerry? Uh, The contrast in styles, for one. Uh, Boston, which is uh, one of the few teams that often plays with uh, two big guys on, on the court, um, usually Al Horford and, and Robert Williams versus the Warriors who play an array of lineups. And, and sometimes they, they like to finish games with four guards and a forward uh, on the floor. And so how each team has to adjust to the way the other plays, I think is pretty fascinating. I'm fascinated by the fact that these are pretty significantly the two best defensive teams in the NBA in terms of defensive efficiency. Warriors play a little faster than the Celtics do, but uh, I think we think of the Warriors as more of an offensive team because they shoot a lot of threes and they got the Splash Brothers and they they have just this wonderful um, Princeton read and react style of offense, but they are grounded mostly in defense. And so I think there could be the game, the games could be a little lower scoring than what we expect, or they could be really fast paced and in the 100s, but um, really be games that are more defensive than maybe the score indicates. Uh, so I think that's fantastic. And then ultimately, the, the star matchup, we always are looking at stars and, and Jason Tatum versus Steph Curry. Uh, but then also let's put Jalen Brown um, and put the Jays out there versus that Warriors core of Curry, Thompson, and Draymond Green that's already won three championships. Uh, I mean, I just I, I love uh, all of the possibility. And then also what this could mean in terms of who owns the next, say, three years in the NBA. I think some of that could be decided in the series as well. And Jerry, I know that probably in the league we talk legacies too often with guys, but but this postseason run kind of feels like a, a potential moment in the legacy of, of Steph Curry, and we've certainly seen a, a lot of talk about him. Do, do you feel like this is an important series uh, for Steph's legacy in, in any way, or, or is there still time for more more damage to be done uh, as far as them winning more in the future? Just just does this seem? Does this feel like a legacy moment for him? It's absolutely a legacy moment for him. I mean, he's 34 years old, uh, so you, you can't guarantee that you're going to be back. And he's he's 34. Uh, uh, Draymond and Clay are, are both 32. They've got just this great young core that is emerging with uh, Andrew Wiggins at 27 being on the top end, but we're talking Jordan Poole, Kaminga, um, Moses Moody, um, who should be very familiar in the SEC country. Uh, uh, those guys like are the future of the team, and they've done a great job kind of laying the bridge between um, their, their, their past and their present and their future. Uh, but Absolutely. I mean, a fourth championship would put Steph Curry um, in, in rarefied air 
Uh, if he were able to win a four championship and win his first finals MVP, uh, I think that's sort of another notch in his belt when you try to consider uh, where he ranks among um, the all-time greats. I mean, that puts him absolutely on the top shelf, I think, with the best 10 or 12 players of all time. Um, so, and then, and then just uh, being able to win a second championship without Kevin Durant and, and the Warriors in general saying um, this is their third finals appearance without Durant. They went to three straight with Durant. They won two out of three with Durant. This is an opportunity to win two out of three um, without Durant. So um, when you look at them and, and when you look at uh, all that they've done, and really this is the third wave for the Warriors, um, that they're one of the more interesting all-time great teams if they're able to get this done um, and, and have this kind of continuity um, at, in a time where everything is fleeting in the NBA because stars want to go uh, elsewhere and they kind of look at their careers not in terms of what I can do with one franchise but in terms of like multiple chapters in their career and they want to be in multiple places uh, to be able to have a core that stayed together that long and for Steph to be a defining player uh, that's pretty remarkable. I mean, to think that he's sitting here and he could win four championships in an era that is considered the LeBron James era of the NBA. And it really kind of came out of nowhere because of uh, his ankle injuries and because, I mean, he's six foot three, he's not six eight. He doesn't, like, jump out of the gym. He's not physically uh, imposing in the way that the other dominant stars of this era are. And Jerry, when when you're looking at this matchup as a whole, uh, you talk about the kind of regeneration of the Warriors that they've had kind of three different waves here. But the one thing that's been constant throughout time is that Boston's the only team in the league with a winning record in the regular season uh, against these Warriors. Why do you think that is, and, and can they kind of translate that into this series? Uh, it really means nothing uh, in the big picture of things just because of the way the NBA regular season is. Uh, I don't think people, it was never put on the schedule as like a marquee game. It will be a marquee game moving forward. Um, and so I think, you know, you look at it and you're like, well, the Celtics have been talented enough to be 9-7 and seven, uh, against the Warriors over the past eight years. Uh, some of that was, was whooping up on them the, the previous two years when, when they weren't very good, but they've had enough success for you to say, okay, they have a certain level of talent that plays well, uh, even when the Warriors are at their most powerful. And um, they've got the star power. I mean, if you want to just like go up and down the rosters um, and, and you want to look at terms of, of just like balance, uh, I mean, Boston is at least comparable, if not a little bit better than the Warriors in terms of just raw talent level at this point, especially since their two stars are 25 and under. Um, so uh, Boston is very much, I mean, when you look at it, and, and this is a Boston team that they, they had to go, what, four times, three times with, with, with Tatum, uh, four times if you want to include Jalen Brown's run with Isaiah Thomas and company just to get to the finals. So they've been kind of knocking on the door in the final four, if you will, um, trying to break through. So uh, they have no finals experience 
But for a team that has no finals experience, it's not like they're a team that just popped up yesterday. They've been through some wars, and I think it's going to be a really interesting series. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of people just, if you looked at, like, the Eastern Conference Finals going seven games and the Western Conference Finals going five, I think you look at it as the Warriors are this overwhelming favorite. I don't look at it that way. I mean, I think it's as close to a toss-up as it gets. I think the Warriors are going to win the series, but I think there's a lot of pathways that you could look at it if they're healthy and say that Boston, um, they got some significant advantages, and um, if they can play to that, there's a chance they could win it. Jerry, we've seen uh, the Celtics have seven road wins before the finals, tied for the most road yeah. wins in playoff history before getting to the finals. Uh, obviously, they have to win one uh, in Golden State to, to win the finals uh, championship. Do you see that uh, continue to be a trend and a, a success for them in these finals, or does or do things kind of stop here if with their magical road wins? That's one of the most fascinating things, right? Like Boston has been terrific on the road. Golden State has that long stretch of 25, 26 straight series um, that they've at least won one road game. So I don't think either of these teams are going to be rattled. Uh, Golden State has not lost a home playoff game yet. Um, and it's the first time we've been able to see their, their three-year-old arena chase center and how it plays in the postseason. Um, it's going to be a lot more difficult for Boston to get one, especially one of these first two, but it's an absolute must. And I think like the hardest game for Boston coming off that series, even though they got a, a break, um, is going to be getting game one because I think that the Warriors are going to come out with, with an energy level that might be tough to match. Um, but I really think game two becomes a real significant moment in that series. Boston has not lost consecutive playoff games all year, uh, all postseason. And um, if the Warriors could get them in an 0-2 hole, uh, that's something that Boston hasn't faced. Um, uh, but, you know, I mean, I'm doing all this analysis and Boston might come out and, like, lead by 20 in game one. And it's kind of a moot point. They get the Warriors in a hole. But uh, the bottom line is um, I would not be surprised if this is another series similar to Boston and Miami in which the road team has a lot of success and it's going to be a little bit impossible to predict what's going to happen just based on which team is playing at home. And, and talking some injuries with you here, and, and yeah, we've talked about or uh, obviously Boston's big injury, Ben Robert Williams here for uh, the last series or two and uh, having moments where he's been incredibly effective but then not being on the court some. Marcus Smart's been on and off the court. And then for Golden State, uh, you, you got Otto Porter Jr., Gary Payton the second, and Andre Iguodala who uh, have all been banged up at times and are banged up currently. What's the status of some of these players and uh, who do you think is the most important player from the Golden State point of view of being able to get back for this series? Uh, for Golden State, it's Otto Porter Jr. I mean, when you look at the, the Celtics and their their size and some of the lineups that they put out there, the Warriors need Otto, you know, 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, you can float him. He mostly plays the four now for them. Sometimes in small ball lineups, you can put him on the, on the floor as a as a shooting um, five, uh, he's a, he's a great. Uh, I think where the Warriors really like kick everybody's butt is um, 
that, that they get like great ball movement and great playmaking um, from areas that other teams just don't get it. And, and with Otto, it's not just his ability to make three point shots; it's his ability when you pass him the ball to be able to make the right decision and to be able to set other guys up. I mean, he was just made for their offense, and that was a great pickup. So they they. They're not going to win that series if Otto Porter doesn't play the majority of the game. They've shown, yeah, as smart as he is, they've shown uh, that they can survive without Andre Iguodala. He's barely played this postseason because of injuries. Um, I think we will see Gary Payton the second at some point, uh, and uh, his defensive energy may mean a lot, especially if you're going to get into some mud, mud wrestling matches uh, with, with the Celtics. They can really muck up a game because of how they play on the defensive end. For Boston, Boston, uh, Marcus Smart is just going to tough it out. And, and um, one, they cannot play a game without Marcus Smart in this series. They need him to be able to play in every game, and we'll see if he's healthy enough to do that. Robert Williams is a real difference maker because he is the best rim protector in the series. And if the Celtics have him, and if they have him in there being able to, like, snuff out mistakes they make uh, in the paint as the Warriors move and cut and so on and so forth, um, that can take away some of the easy stuff that the Warriors get uh, just because defenses panic against them. Steph runs one way, and everybody kind of, like, gravitates towards him, and then all of a sudden uh, they're getting opportunities in the paint that are just absolutely ridiculous. You need an eraser. And they really haven't played a team uh, so far in the postseason that has an eraser um, with the kind of defensive awareness that Robert Williams has. But as you guys know, uh, having watched it, man, it was hard to just see Robert Williams get up off the bench um, at the, to cheer on his teammates when he wasn't in the game uh, against Miami. And you just wonder how much gas does he have in the tank. You're just... I mean, that, that knee, he is laboring like when, when you see him go from the paint up to set a screen, it's like, is he going to get there? Do we need to give him some kind of assistance? Uh, he's in a really bad way. Uh, it's amazing that he's been able to play as much as he can play. And now you're asking him to play even more against a team that is really going to push the ball against Boston. Um, and uh, I just don't know. I just don't know if that knee is going to hold up, and it's unfortunate because he's a, he is a terrific defensive player. Jerry Brewer is joining us here on the program. He's with the Washington Post. We're talking about the NBA Finals. That will get started tomorrow between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. Jerry, within the last decade alone, you could say David Blatt, Ty Lue, Steve Kerr, Nick Nurse, and now Ime Udoka, all of those coaches make the NBA Finals in their first season. David Blatt, the only one to not win the title in his first year. We can go back to 1982 and a name like Pat Riley, guys who have been able to win a championship in their first season as a head coach but within this last decade why do you think we've seen such a big rise in this and and what does it say about Udoka specifically that he was able to take Boston to the title in year one yeah um Ime Udoka reminds me a lot of Nick Nurse and of Ty in that he he has a way of, of really being able to relate to the players and he's incredibly creative he'll try a lot of different things um, that can confuse other teams. 
I think what you're seeing with these new coaches and the success that they're having is just that uh, basketball is in a place where you need new ideas. And you also need a level of communicator to be able to relate to these guys. You know, you see the, you know, pretty soon it's going to be really standard for max level players in the NBA to make $50 million a year. And um, it's just it's a little bit different on how to motivate them. And I think sometimes we get a little old school in the way we think about it. And I think guys just want to do what, what they want to do. They make too much money. You can't get through to them. But when you look around, they like to be coached. And you see some of the stuff that they do in the off season with personal trainers and private basketball coaches and so on and so forth. They're putting in the work, but they need a guy who can reach them, who can challenge them, uh, who doesn't just come at them with old philosophies and say, this is the way we do it because this is the way I've always done it. They need someone to get down on their level. This generation absolutely needs you to be able to answer the question why. You can't have an ego about why. Um, and you have to be you have to be personable, but also fair in the way that you're dealing with the team. So, um, one thing that's fascinating about Ime uh, is he coaches the hell out of everybody on that team, from Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, on down to the 15th man on the roster. He'll call anybody out. Uh, he doesn't do it every day. He doesn't wear on them like that. He picks and chooses his moments, but he's going to hold you accountable uh, at all times. He, he's got a um, – <laughs> there was some boxer. He showed this video of this boxer um, who, who, like, says, like, you know, I'm, I'm a – like like I'm a can I'm a can do guy or something because everybody can get it you know um, and that's kind of his mentality like everybody um, is going to hear my mouth and I'm going to be fair and I'm also going to be such a great communicator that you're going to want to be coached my way and uh, um, and when I'm wrong I will I will like get on myself and I'll be honest with you about how I screwed something up and I think players just have been able to relate to, to those coaching styles and all those guys are really different Nick Nurse is extremely different from Ty Lue, Ty Lue extremely different from Ime, Ime extremely different from Steve Kerr but the one through line there is they've just been incredibly successful and now you're seeing in the NBA uh, this little moment where I think the league is really open to diverse candidates, and we're not just talking about racial diversity. We're talking about um, diversity in terms of uh, um, more, more coaches who have more of a European influence, um, more coaches who, uh, who, who are more kind of analytically driven, um, more coaches who are have more of a player development back, background instead of just sort of like team development background. Uh, it's, it's a really fascinating time uh, when you get in the league and you see who's successful and, um, and why they're successful. And I think that's fun because it's going to open it up to all kinds of different candidates. And it's not just going to be all about just, oh, we want somebody who runs like the same tried and true system. 
We can't wait. I think it's going to be an epic series. No idea what's going to happen as we're sort of talking about with both of these teams. So many different storylines. Let's end with this, Jerry. Do you think we're more likely to see a 30-point victory at any point in this series or a game reaching overtime? <laughs> we're more likely to see a 30-point victory. That's just the <laughs> NBA today. That's the way the postseason has been. Yeah, one of these days, somebody's going to win by 35, and then we're going to have three days off until the next game, and it's going to be hard to keep momentum. I love it. Jerry, we appreciate the time as always. Look forward to talking to you again soon, okay? All right, anytime.